Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Straight Talk Talk with a Tia on the Keys 107 Network. Real talk about relationships and married life. Welcome to Straightforward Talk with Atiyah, where there's real talk about relationships and married life, helping you make real changes at the drop of a dime, with your host Atiyah on Key 107. one of the listeners 
social media good for my marriage? And this question came in by Mad O. That's a great question. And I've gotten that question, and there is a lot of conversation going on about social media, especially because it is often raised as one of the main issues during divorce proceedings. Well, Med O, social media can be good for your marriage. Many people meet their mates online. However, at some point, those relationships have to be taken outside of that forum. And the building and nourishing of them must be done off the computer. So let me say that again. The question is, is social media good for my marriage? Well, social media can be good for your relationship. And many people meet their mates online. But however, what's important at some point of the relationship, particularly those who meet online, it has to be taken outside of that forum. And the building and nourishing of those relationships must be done offline. Because in truth, nothing can replace real human interaction. Now, social media can be really fun for married couples. Couples can spice things up a bit and have fun flirting with with each other online. They can play games. They can play games together with other couples. They can send each other love notes and messages. Or they can post love songs to each other and poke each other. I know one of the things that I've seen other couples do, as well as me and my husband, we sent love songs to each other online, and we flirted through tweets, through Facebook, and through a lot of different mediums. I mean, it does keep the relationship alive. And so there's a host of things that couples can do using social media. Now, for those of you who are listening, one of the things that I would like to share is my husband and I met online. And so it's not to say that you cannot meet your life partner online because you you can. And many people have had successful marriages who met online. So social media can be a good thing when used responsibly. Now, on the flip side, social media can destroy your marriage or relationship if not utilized responsibly. And unfortunately, this happens all too often. You know, one of the things that's important is to manage your time. It sounds like we have a call that just came in. Is there a caller on the line? Is there a caller? Do we have Kate on the line? It is Kate. Hold on. Okay, wonderful. So if you're listening to the show, our guest did just join us, so we're going to go ahead and go back to that question on the second part of the show, and we're going to go ahead and bring Kate in. Kate, are you on the line? I don't hear Kate. Kate, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Wonderful. Good afternoon, Kate. How are you? I'm doing great. Wonderful. First of all, I would like to thank you for joining me here on Straightforward Talk with Atia. Um, for our listeners, can you please share a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes, this is Kate Michaels, and I am in Mount Clemens, Michigan. And what I do is I am a core alignment specialist, which means that I work with people around the world in emotional wisdom training. That means I support them around using their emotions 
to motivate them instead of the way our emotions tend to do, which is limit us and control us. Instead of our emotions controlling us, we control our emotions. Wow. Okay. So now I know there are some listeners out there who may be, now you did just share a mouthful, but there may be some listeners out there who are still trying to work out the connection of how does core alignment coaching relate to relationship coaching. Now what I want to do is remind the listeners that as a relationship coach myself and the founder of the Marriage Tree, what I do is help men, women, and couples discuss their own truth for a better marriage. So, Kate, can you please expound on the correlation between core alignment coaching and why it's important with respect to intimate or marital marital relationships? So, in other words, what are the benefits of this particular type of coaching to a person's relationship with their mate? We spend a lot of our time spinning around our feelings, thoughts, and beliefs. And whenever we are spinning, the people around us get sucked into our spin cycle. So men, women, in relationships, couples, whatever might be going on inside of us, we take that and we impact the people around us with our feelings, thoughts, and beliefs. So sometimes we see something that isn't even real, We feel something that has nothing to do with us, and we think thoughts that have nothing to do with today. So if we can get clear on today and let go of the past, we can actually build our future with our loved ones or also with other people that we're getting to know. Okay, okay. You know, a lot of times when couples have arguments or they have issues in their relationship, what happens oftentimes is they do bring up past issues, and so they may be dealing with the current issue that has absolutely nothing to do with what happened last week, but somehow they tend to bring that to this particular argument. So in your coaching, if you had a couple that came to you or even a person that came to you who was trying to make some changes in their life and to improve the dynamics of their interpersonal relationship with their mate, how would you help someone who struggles with, um, what are some of the things that you would do to help someone who just can't get past the past? Most of us are not actually living in the present. We are living in the past. We are dealing with our stories, especially in a relationship. Okay. Our Let's say our, our partner doesn't call. Okay. And, when that, and they're late. They don't call and they're late. We don't actually realize that they haven't called and they're late today. We realize that they're really not, we start to believe that they're not there for us. Okay. And the that they're not there for us doesn't actually come from even this person. It comes from our childhood when our parents weren't there for us one time. And then we start thinking, oh, nobody's there for me. Okay. So what what we do is like, okay, so what's the reality and what's the truth? And when you realize that your partner really is there for you most of the time, and that one time when they don't call because they're a little bit late, it probably means 
that they were held up and something kept them from being able to call you. So you deal with the present instead of the past. You deal with what you really want instead of what you're afraid of and what you believe you need. Okay, wow. So how long does it, in your experience, do you find that it usually takes a person to be able to make that transformation from how they were thinking to a new set of thoughts? When people call me on my phone, they hear that miracles happen every day. And we actually have transformations and breakthroughs every single time we'll do a session. So it really is that fast because wow. when, you can connect, when you can align and connect all of the dots, like I just did in that brief example of the phone calls, yeah. and you, you say, oh, they're not there, and then you go, oh, my gosh, I say that all the time. I say, he's not really there for me all the time, and I don't mean he's not there for me. I mean that I believe nobody's there for me, and that's not yeah. true either. And then yeah. their whole relationship cycle changes, not just with that person, but with their parents and with their friends and even their work partners wow. being Absolutely. impacted by this belief. Absolutely, because, you know, as a relationship coach, and I've mentored people or talked with couples, that you do hear those extreme comments like, you always do this or you never do that. So. I completely understand about that. Now, I did read on your profile that you do NLP. And um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about neuro-linguistic programming? Yeah, that's a term that's thrown around a lot. And so people are hearing it and not really understanding what it means. Neural, neuro is the mind, the brain, the neuro connections in the brain. Linguistic is the language that we use. And programming is the way our language has programmed our neurons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, so we change the program that are running in our mind by changing the language that we use. Mm. Okay. So how effective is this in the coaching model that you use? It's miraculous. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to use that term again because, like I said, you know, when you listen to the person talk and they're complaining about their partner not calling and they have this huge fight and then you hear them say well you know he's just never there for me and you go oh okay so what does this mean to you and then that language connects the program all the way back to the primary event incident or accident that created that belief in the first place Okay. That's the programming. So once we can rewrite the program, yes. we actually have a new system that runs. And it Absolutely. works just like when you reprogram your computer. You change the language, you get a new outcome, it's more easier. When you go from the WordSoft 7 to Microsoft 13 and you got a brand new world. Wow. Yeah, because there are a lot of different ways that people are programmed on a daily basis. Can you touch on that? Yes, because we have events, incidents, and accidents that happen every single day, all the time. Mm-hmm. We're experiencing interactions with other people, 
And so we have a choice in every event, incident, or accident to create a new belief or attach it to an old belief, to go from the present into the future or to go from the present into the past. And when we choose to go into the future, we're actually focusing on what we want. And when we go into the past, we're actually focusing on what we need. Okay. Wow. Now, if you're just tuning in, this is Straightforward Talk with Atia, and joining me as our guest on the show today is Kate Michael. She is the founder of Core Alignment Coaching. If you would like to call in to ask me or Kate a question or make a comment regarding the discussion that's going on, please give us a call at 213-943-3618, or you can also visit our chat room. Also, please don't forget to visit um, Atia online at www.themarriagetree.net. We have lots of books and tapes out there available to help you in your relationship situation. Now, Kate, last week we read a letter from a gentleman by the name of John. And, yes. um, yeah, relating to what to do about his 10-year marriage to Cheyenne, who he ten married. 10-year ten, ten relationship, they're not married, right? No, no, actually they're married. He married her initially to help her stay in the country. But okay. then, But then after she got her green card, he continued to stay married to her. She got her green card three years into the marriage, and then he continued to stay married to her. So now they've been married for a total of 10 years. And one of the things that John was saying in his letter that he couldn't decide whether or not he should leave or stay. Um, because he did not feel that Cheyenne was his ideal woman. She wasn't as educated as he felt that she should be, that her um, her things that she wanted to do in life did not necessarily measure up to what he thought his ideal woman or the type of job she did. She was a nanny, um, that she didn't necessarily have a lot of aspirations because she just wanted to be a mother, a wife, and a nanny. And one of the things that he was saying is he couldn't decide whether or not he should stay or he should leave. And he felt guilty because one of the things that Cheyenne wanted was to be able to start a family. And that was one of her dreams. And he felt guilty because he had refused in the past to start a family because he wasn't sure if he was going to stay with her. Now, um, I believe you had the opportunity to listen in. If not, I really hope uh, that I I did just... Okay, wonderful. So good. You did have the chance to listen to the show. So what's your take on John's situation, and what would you say to John or someone like John to help them with their dilemma? I work with this a lot. I mean, this is this is the clear way that most people are living. They're living from a place of what they feel, think, and believe, and what they need instead of what it is that they really want. Okay. So there was something that attracted John to filling in for Cheyenne in the first place. Okay. There was a core belief inside of him that doing this service for her, connecting with her, marrying with her in the first place, met. It wasn't from that core want, it was from that core need. Okay. Just like she had a core need as well, and not necessarily a core want for him. And as time went on, the core needs got taken care of, Okay. but the core wants have risen to the surface. 
And that's uh-huh. where they both are. Cheyenne is like, I really want to be a family. I really want to have children. I really want to be a wife and a mother. And he's like, I really want to have success, and I really want to go places, and I really want to do things. And so their wants rise because the needs are met. Okay. When in life, we actually can have our wants and our needs in alignment. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's where where they're at. Expound on that. Expound on that a little bit more. That's an interesting concept. So John needs to get needs (laughs) to get really (laughs) clear on what it is that he wants. I wrote an article last week for Love Tango around the fact that people say they're looking for love in all the wrong places. When actually they're really just not looking for what they really want. (laughs) Because you can find it anywhere. Yes. There is no wrong place. There's no right place. You have to be in the right place and have the right perspective. And so he's kind of like in, in the wrong place going, you know, did I make the wrong choice? What is the right choice? She's very nice. I really do love her. I really care about her. She's a good person. So those are all the right perspectives. But then he's saying she's the wrong person. Yes. So he's in the right place and he's got the right motives, but he's got the wrong person. From his so perspective. On his perspective, from where yes. he's where he is right now. And from the beginning, he did not do something for himself necessarily. Mm. He did something for her, and he's still caught in doing something for her, which is what a lot of people are doing a lot of their life. They're doing something for their mothers or their fathers or their brothers or their sisters or their children or their bosses, right? They're doing something for others, which really is not being in alignment with themselves. Yes. Now, do you do you believe that um, ten years into the game, what, if if you were to give just say four points uh, or recommendations for John, what would be those four points or recommendations that you would provide for John or someone who is faced with the same type of situation? I would actually give him five points because that's what okay. I give everyone is five okay. points. Well, then five the, points. Yeah, and the first point would be know what it is that you really want. Okay. And the way to find out what it is we really want is to look at the things throughout our life that have really made us happy, really satisfied us, brought us peace. Okay. And keep and keep us motivated and keep us going. Know what it is that we really want. The second step is to ask for it. Okay. And so he's going to need to, once he gets clear on what it is that he really wants, he's going to need to be able to ask for it. It is possible that Cheyenne could meet those wants. On the other hand, it's possible that maybe she doesn't want to meet those wants or that she really is not the right person to meet those wants. So then John's going to need to show up, show up really for himself. He's been showing up for Cheyenne. Right. He hasn't really been showing up for himself. And then he's going to need to keep his word. And he's really a dynamic person about keeping his word. He's been with this woman for 10 years. He married her, he stayed married to her, and he's continued to be married to her. So we know he's got that fourth step of keeping his word to the universe, in a sense, taken care of, and to other people taken care of. And now it's just a factor of keeping his word to himself. 
And then the fifth step is also the first, second, third, and fourth, which is having a natural attitude of gratitude along the way so that he appreciates everything that he has done and everything that has been done for him. Wow. So that there is not a position of resentment now at where they are. But he really does appreciate himself for being the man that he has been, Mm -hmm. her for being the woman that she has been, and then they deal with reality today instead of the past, and they can awaken to their future. So they're both young. They both have the ability to create what it is they really want in their life with each other or with someone else if that's really what they want. Wow. It's interesting that you say about him keeping the word. I want to touch on that in a moment. We're about to get ready to go to a commercial break, but before we go, um, if you're listening and would like to call in to ask any questions, our call-in number is 213-943-3618. You can also send uh, your question or comment in via the chat room. And again, I want to remind you to go to www.themarriagetree.net. And in particular, the books we're pushing today is From Ordinary to Extraordinary and The Love is Not a Game Audio. Um, it's time for our commercial break. And so we're going to go ahead and take a commercial, and we'll see you when you get back. Okay. Well, I guess we're not going to go to a commercial break right now. Um, you are listening to Straightforward Talk with Atia, and we're preparing to go to our, our break. But before we go to the break, one last thing I want to hit on before uh, we move away from John's letter and into some of the questions that we receive. I know, Kate, you mentioned about uh, John keeping his word. You know, now... Being married myself to a man who's not a U.S. citizen by birth and having to actually go through the immigration process up, we're going out for a commercial. (laughs) We'll talk when we get back. Welcome back to the show. Um, one of the things, we do have a caller on the line, but before I take the caller, I wanted to comment on about one thing that Kate did say. She said that John um, was very good at keeping his word. You know, Kate, I really, really agree with what you said on that, and that was one of the things that I pointed out today that I wanted to hit on. Um, one of the things is I'm married to a person who is not a U.S. citizen by birth. And having to go through the immigration process as a sponsor of an immigrant to the U.S., John 
legally would be responsible for maintaining Cheyenne for at least 10 years. And that's the same amount of time that he's been married. So whether or not they, uh, whether they stay married or not, he's responsible for 10 years. I am going to take the call, but I just want to finish this one point before I take the call. Um, one of the things is John did um, stay with Cheyenne for 10 years, which he was legally bound to maintain her, whether they were married or not, for at least 10 years. So he did, Kate, you are absolutely right, he did maintain his word. And I suspect that John understood this based on the petition that he was required to to sign. So in all fairness, it does appear that he did keep up or keep his word by taking care of her for the 10 years. We do have a caller on the line, so I want to take the caller. Caller, are you there? You have a caller on the line, so I want to take the caller. Caller, may I have your first name, please? Yes, Adaku. Okay, Sabaku? Adaku. Okay, Adaku. Yes, ma'am. Wonderful. What's your question? Yes, ma'am. I have a question in regards to, you know, my personal relationship patterns. Uh, both as a mother and also as a wife. Okay. Uh, the first, the first part is uh, I've been married twice. Okay. And I'm experienced. I have experienced the same um, scenario in which both fathers have been very difficult in supporting their children. Uh, okay. Some of not willingly, financially, or emotionally or on their own terms. Okay. Uh, and I want to know what, you know, your take and Kate's take is on that and how I can resolve that, you know, uh, emotionally or neuralistic, neurolinguistically. Okay. Um, and also, the yeah, the second part is the the part where right now um, they appear to abandon me. Uh, mm -hmm. Not really wanting to let me go, but leaving it on me to let them go. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm in, uh, in the, just I've been uh, separated from my current husband for almost almost five years, and just now making a decision on divorcing. He has my children to divorce, and the first time uh, in my marriage when I decided to divorce. I had to make the decision. It took a little, almost close to two years. Uh, he mm -hmm. never made a move. Okay. Okay. Kate, did yes. you want to start out by answering this one? I can, but I would love to hear your take first, and then oh. I will add. Okay, absolutely. Well, let's deal with the second part first. You're going to have to, to give me your name one more time. Adaku, A-D-A-K-U. Okay, Adaku. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, first of all, for calling in. To deal with the second aspect in terms of the abandonment issue and you feeling like they've abandoned you, they it's like pretty much a, a, a double-tongue uh, type of situation where they've abandoned you, but at the same time they don't want to let you go. The first thing is your condition is not going to change unless you change it. And you cannot make anybody do anything. That's the first thing. And once you accept that fact, 
then you'll know that once you take responsibility for your own life and the and your own choices and know that you have the power to change your condition, then that way you don't defer it or waiting on the person outside of yourself to make a decision that's going to put you in a better situation. You have to take the responsibility first to put yourself in a better situation. And it's going to take you making some very difficult decisions to do that. I know sometimes in marriage or in relationships, we're faced with situations that forces us to make those tough choices. And sometimes we don't want to make them because we're afraid that um, we, we don't want to be alone. We're afraid of, of maybe it can come back together. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up to you to make the decision. Now, dealing with the abandonment issue, you have to decide, is this a relationship that I want to do everything within my power to save? And perhaps maybe you already did everything within your power to save it. And if you feel that the person is just waiting on you to make the move to file for divorce, and that's one thing. You have to ask yourself, is this the relationship I want to be in? Do I want to give it more or invest more in this relationship before I let it go? Or do I accept the fact that perhaps maybe this is a relationship that's over and then you can go to work to rebuild in your life? So the first thing, when you talk about the abandonment, you're not a victim. And one of the things that's going to be important as a relationship coach that I will share with you is to change your frame of thinking from, okay, this person may have left the relationship regardless of what this person's reasoning was, but now I'm going to take responsibilities for my own life, for my own relationships, and I want to be happy, so I'm going to make some decisions. And although I may not want to give this relationship up, technically I haven't given it up. This person gave it up when they left. And so if you do not want to continue to hang on and you want to begin to rebuild your life, then maybe it's time for you to let the relationship go. If you think that, well, this is a marriage that I can save, there's some other things that I can try, perhaps maybe the other person will submit to counseling, maybe there's some kind of dialogue we can have, then you can make the decision to stay and try to work on it. But ultimately, you're going to have to make the decision, and no one else can make that decision for you. In terms of the child support issue and getting assistance uh, from your ex-husband and your current husband who is not providing emotional, financial, or mentoring or what have you to your children, again, you can't make anyone do anything, but there are recourses that you can take. You do have a judicial right. system. I, I'm Go so ahead. sorry. Tia. Maybe there's a misunderstanding about the, the type of question. I, okay. I have made the decision to let, you know, I, I have made the decision. I'm okay. taking responsibility. I'm getting to the core issues that keep attracting these type of people ah, in yeah. my life. And that's, okay. that's, this is Kate, and that's what I was going to say. You know, uh, all of the principles apply to the fact that we need to take responsibility for the choices that we make, and we need to be clear on what our choices are. The reason that people often have conflicts is because we're making a choice from one part of our being, one part of our value structure, and then there's another part of us 
that is also making a choice from a different value structure. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was talking about earlier with the whole wants and the needs. Those needs Mm -hmm. come from abandonment issues as a child. Those needs come from not feeling worthy or not feeling good enough or not feeling loved. And so there's a part of us that is having our needs met from that core place that keeps making these limiting decisions mm-hmm. and being attracted to people who will not be there for us. So there is a neuron pattern that exists. As you've, as you've recognized, there's a programming that you have, and really you can change that programming. And part of it is being real with where you are right now and making choices right now and using the system that is there to support you in moving forward, including the legal system, the financial system, and your family structure system that's there to support you, and coaching, relationship coaching, core alignment coaching. There's so many ways that we can change what we've been doing when we realize that we want to change. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's the big decision that has to be made is deciding to make the change. Because depending on your state of mind, you're going to call to yourself what you are. In other words, if you have a, a low self-esteem or a lack of self-worth, and as Kate mentioned, some of the abandonment issues that you may have dealt with in your past or in your primary uh, familial structure, those things have a bearing on what happens later on unless you begin to change or make a paradigm shift in terms of your thinking. So that is um, a very good point. Kate, did you want to hit on the first issue with the the lack of, of care for the children? The lack of care for the children comes from an agreed contract. You and your partners had some kind of agreement that wasn't very clear, and for some reason your partners believed that they were not going to need to be responsible to you, probably to themselves, and also to their children. And that's a belief. That's not the truth, because the truth is that as adults, we are responsible for our children, and you've bought into their belief structure as well. Instead of buying into the reality and the truth, which exists based on laws, what is true for you is true for everyone. (laughs) And we live in the country. Do you live in America? Do you live in the United States? Yeah. Okay, so I just want to get that clear, because there might be people from all around the world listening right now and tuning in. Absolutely. So you, we live in a country that has a law that says if you birth a child, whether you live with that child or even love that child, you are financially responsible for that child until that child becomes 18, 21, or 25, depending upon the situation. That's the truth. But you've mm-hmm. bought into the belief, and so did he. And when we let go of those beliefs and stand on what's real and true, we gain strength and confidence to move forward. 
And, and, and in truth, because you can't make another person do something, you can only change yourself. You can't change another person. So although you may remove a limiting belief system that you may have, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that your ex-partner or your current husband is necessarily going to do that. So then it boils right back down to you making a decision and taking responsibility for your situation. Now, there are systems that will support you and help you to make those people accountable. Then, once again, the decision lies upon you to tap into those various resources. Well, I have. And that that takes strength. Right. I have over 15 years. Uh, had different agency, uh, and it's written in stone for the first husband, and I'm pretty sure countless women are going through this, where they have it in writing, legally sound and bound, morally sound and bound, and, you know, they manage to get from up under the, the eye of the law by working odd jobs or whatever the case may be, but I have pursued uh, both and in the process of pursuing the second, um, and he has dodged. And, um, you know, so I have taken responsibility. I've been taking care of my children on and off, you know, as far as being, you know, single and then remarrying, but still taking care of my children even to this day um, with my So with I, I, I appreciate that. that you have done a lot. Right. What I want you to recognize is that there's still a part of you that is not rising to the occasion and taking responsibility because of your feelings, such as you said, this abandonment thing and not divorcing this guy for five years or the other one for two years. So there's something underneath that's creating a conflict for you that even though there's a part of you that wants to do it one way, there's another part of you that might feel guilty or might feel bad or might believe something else and is buying in to something that's limiting you instead of something that's motivating you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good point. Okay. Very good point. So... uh, And one of the things is I know sometimes it's very difficult because there are laws in place in the U.S. And naturally, of course, you don't want to see your children's father, per se, uh, in certain circumstances or situations. But there are resources that are available to you. And um, you are well within your right to tap into those resources. And as Kate said, there are some maybe some challenges that you're facing in terms of of still removing some barriers that's internally within you. Okay. 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 Kay, can you give this caller your information if she wanted to reach out to you to explore some additional options? I am with coralignmentcoaching.com or you can email me directly at coralignment at gmail.com. So it's core alignment. C-O-R-E-A-L-I-G-N-M-E-N-T. So that's your core being in alignment. 
coralignmentgmail.com at gmail.com or coralignmentcoaching.com. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right, caller, so reach out. You can reach out to either Kate or myself. I would encourage you to reach out to Kate. Now, Kate, let me ask you this real quick before caller, before you hang up. How would NLP help her in this situation? Well, it would help her in this situation, and it would also help her in the future situations. Okay. Because the issue is, as you recognized from the very beginning, there's a conflict there in that feeling abandoned, and yet the people are not divorcing her. So yes. there's like that that yo-yo effect, that yes. seesaw effect that creates a, a core conflict underneath. Oh, they really love me, but they don't take care of me. Yes. They really want me, but they won't let me go. They don't, but they won't be there for me. And so that push-pull thing keeps us in a state of flux. Yes. So relatively quickly, we can take care of that conflict by figuring out what created that conflict in the first place and then aligning it with today. So a real simple thing I say is we will accept the past and then become aware of the present and then awaken to the future. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Because all of the relationship with these men is in the past. Absolutely. So, uh, Adaku, I hope we at least answered uh, the question for you and to at least help to get you started on a a new way of thinking and a process that will help you change your condition. So definitely follow up and reach out. I appreciate you calling in, and please continue to listen, okay? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. If you are listening, um, you are listening to Straightforward Talk uh, with Atia, and I have Kate Michaels on the line. She is with Core Alignment Coaching. Please give us a call to chime in on the discussion that's taking place at 213-943-3618. I want to move very quickly. Uh, we're winding down to the end of our show. I want to move very quickly to get back on the question. We actually had a couple questions, but it looked like we may only get a chance to uh, respond to this first question, but it definitely will pick up the other two on our next show that I have um, outlined. But the question was, is social media good for my marriage? And we began to talk about um, that social media can be good. However, it, it's necessary to be able to use it responsibly. And on the flip side, social media can destroy your marriage or relationship Again, it's not utilized responsibly. And unfortunately, this happens all too often. And so some of the suggestions that I would have to be able to have social media enhance your marital situation as opposed to tearing it down is to manage your time wisely online and agree on some times to shut things down and close out the outside world. That includes not letting them Uh, in your personal space after a certain time that should actually be reserved for you and your mate. Um, Give your spouse complete and full access to all of your online accounts. In other words, have complete transparency. And don't abuse the access given and don't shut your mate out because both situations require trust. Some people, um, some couples actually share accounts, particularly on Facebook, particularly if it's for social reasons. Another thing to keep in mind is 
if there are opposite friends that you have that makes your mate feel uncomfortable or insecure, delete them as friends on social media. And make sure that all ex-partners or past relationships, if they are, quote-unquote, friends on social media, make sure that you both, you and your mate are in agreement with this. Just because it's a baby's daddy or a baby's mama uh, doesn't necessarily make it okay to have them as friends on social media, particularly if your spouse has a problem with it. Another thing is to be sure to mark your relationship status marked as married, not complicated or not married but available or all the other options that sometimes these different uh, sites give you, but mark it as married. And then during the middle of heated arguments, don't go changing your status. Um, another thing that I always say to people dealing with social media is to post photos of your mate regularly and to make positive comments about your mate so that it sends a very clear message to anyone who is engaging you or who's actually online watching what's going on. And then be particularly careful about how you click likes on photographs and so forth. And even be particular about some of the posts that you make to make sure that they are not insensitive to your spouse. One of the things you want to make sure that you always do, whether you're upset with your mate or not, is to respect and honor your mate. That's very important. And don't give any openings for someone else to engage you and establish cores or strong attachments that should otherwise be reserved for your mate. And um, strong social media requires a really strong sense of that leaving and cleaving that you hear about and keeping things in perspective. Also, don't flirt with other people online. Avoid having regular or extended tweet or chat conversations with people of the opposite gender outside of the, the presence or agreement of your mate or even your mate's involvement. You know, social media is just that. It's social media. And while many people, including myself, use it for business purposes and for networking, um, it's still important to keep things in perspective. A lot of people make friends online. That's natural. And some actually create lasting relationships. So it can be a good thing as long as you keep things in perspective. And um, one of the main reasons that people are able to make such strong bonds online is because communication is what feeds relationships. It's the very thing that relationships are built on. And if you are spending the majority of your time online and having consistent conversations and communications with online relationships, they're bound to get stronger. But you have to make sure that there's a healthy balance because you would never, ever want to substitute those conversations and dialogue that you should be having with your mate. And you, it's important to, to build stronger offline relationships as well. And as a matter of record, very quickly, um, I do want to hear Chase, Kate chime in on this one, but very quickly, a matter of record is an overwhelming number of divorce cases. Uh, social media has been named as a major factor. Um, more and more emotional affairs are happening on social media, and emotional infidelity is just as devastating, if not more, as physical infidelity. And often, relationships that start out as uh, emotional infidelity often move to physically, because at some point, people who meet online are going to try to uh, meet one another offline. That's just something that happens. Um, I would like, Kate, to chime in on this question really quickly. Is social media good for marriage? What would you have to say to that, uh, Kate? It's a, it's a 
it's an and question instead of an is it question because the <laughs> is is the yes or the no. Right. And there's so many other things to consider, such Absolutely. as the fact that social media is recorded in so many divorces these days. What is usually happening, though, is there's a weakness in our relationship with our partner. And so we have, as I was talking earlier, we have a need that's going unmet, and we find another way to meet that need. Yes. And the next thing you know, that, that our needs are being met so much that we forget what we wanted from our spouse, and then we start wanting it from the person that's meeting our needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it takes takes precedence, and then we forget, and then we get sucked in, and next thing you know, we're on a spin cycle, and then we're in a relationship with somebody else, and then we're social media to get our needs met, and the cycle goes on and on and on. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the things that I say is anything, and, and this is for men, that's the person who asked the question, anything or anyone that takes quality of time away from you and your spouse or that impedes togetherness with your mate or causes division in your union is not good for your marriage. And that's just really something to keep in mind. Um, it sounds like we have a caller on the line. Caller, are you there? Yes, ma'am. You know, the only thought I had was maybe with social media being so powerful, it's easy to substitute it for real communications, but it still is an electronic form of communication. It's never going to replace the real social network, which is your family and friends. It's just what you do in between actually meeting them. Absolutely. What's your name, caller? Uh, this is Hafiz, Atiya. Wonderful, Hafiz. Thank you. That's true. One of the things that's important is there's nothing like real human communication, and that's what, that's a fundamental need of every human being is human interaction, and that humor, human interaction can't just be done through the computer screen. It has to be done um in, in physical contact, face-to-face. So very, very good point. Thank you so much for making that comment. If you are listening to the show, we have Kate Michaels, who is the founder of Core Alignment Coaching and who also works with NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And um, she has been a wonderful guest today, bringing some really valuable insight to our callers and to our listeners. So really quickly, Kate, any closing remarks? Emotional wisdom training means to know what our emotions are and to use them to motivate us to get more of what it is that we want in our life. Yes. So instead of reacting to our emotions, we can respond to our emotions. And that goes back to that social media thing as well. Absolutely. So many people are reacting instead of responding. Absolutely. That is so wonderful, Kate. We do appreciate you joining us on the show. Um, I am, I, I am a, definitely a fan of your work. I've had the opportunity to look at some of the work that you are doing. Can you please give your contact information out for those who would like to touch bases with you or find out more about the work that you do? Yes, you can, you can find me at corealignmentcoaching.com. You can find me at emotionalwisdomtraining.com or my name, which is Kate Michaels, M-I-C-H-E, L S 
no A, M-I-C-H-E-L-S, Kate Michaels. I'm a speaker and an author as well as a trainer and a coach, and I just appreciate this opportunity to share with you the straightforward talk. What a great concept. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining us, and I look forward to maybe having you back in the future again. So thank you so much. In the meantime, if you have questions, relationship questions, and again, no questions off limits, please send me your comments, your questions, and your feedback. Uh, you can reach me via the website, www.themarriagetree.net, or you can email me at atia, that's A-T-I-Y-A, at themarriagetree.net. And don't forget to get your copy of the book, From Ordinary to Extraordinary. This is a wonderful uh, a book that will help you to transform your life and move from your past situations to your present to build a brighter future for yourself. Another audio book that I'm recommending during this show is Love is Not a Game. It is a 30-minute audio that will help you to really lay the foundation for a wonderful and successful relationship. You can re get both of those on Amazon.com, or you can also get them off of my website, again, which is www.themarriagetree.net. I want to thank our guest, Kate Michaels, again, and all of those who sent their questions in. If we didn't get to your question, there's a couple people we didn't get to their questions, please listen next week, and we'll be sure to cover those questions. And I would like to thank the listeners and those who called in, and thank the producers and engineers for helping things to run smoothly, as always. I would like to thank Pat DV and Dan O'Song for the music, dance zone, and in the deal. Real quickly, before I close out, um, I do want to mention that the show is archived at www.blogstalkradio.com slash thekeys107. You can uh, download Blog Talk Radio app for your smart device. Also, send any inquiries, ideas for future shows and comments to suggestions at thekeys107network.com. And again, oh, next week we're going to be talking or discussing sexual addictions and intimacy in marriage, and we're going to hit on some of the questions that we didn't get to this week. We're going to touch on those next week. So, again, I'll see you next Sunday, same time, same place. Stay at peace and stay in love. This is Atia. Have a great evening. See you next time on Straightforward Talk with Atia on the Key 107 Network. Thank you for listening to Straightforward Talk with Atia. If you'd like to talk with Atia off the air, visit www.themarriagetree.net www.themarriagetree.net or connect with her on Facebook or Twitter. Don't forget to join us next Sunday live from 4 to 5 p.m. Straightforward Talk with Atia on the key 107 Network. and the FOI. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face -face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 
631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet, now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, Oh, I'm promoting this stuff, though. 